Welcome to the Community Caregivers Connected Podcast, where we talk about how to raise healthy kids. In this series, we'll tackle every topic from substance use to mental health and relationships. In these episodes, we'll hear from a group of professionals, parents, and youth. Questions or topic ideas can be submitted on our website at spokaneprevention.com. You're listening to the Community Caregivers Connected podcast. We're the Spokane County Prevention Team, sitting down with parents, professionals, youth, and others in Spokane to talk about how we can raise healthy kids and empower our community. This month, we're talking about mental health. We have a dynamic group of individuals who will share their stories and shed some light on the mental health crisis in our country and in Spokane. Some of the content may be triggering or distressing, so please practice self-care. Understanding issues concerning mental health and suicide is an important way for us to take part in prevention and help others who are facing hardships. Help us keep up the conversation. If you are concerned about someone that may be facing a mental health difficulty, reach out to SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-273-8255 or suicidepreventionlifeline.org. You are not alone, and we are here to help. If you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to us at spokaneprevention at gmail.com. Next week, I will also sit down with our very own Abby Shepard, a student assistance professional at Salk Middle School. Hi, welcome back to the Community Caregivers Connected podcast. Um, this is Kirsten Fuchs, and I am the Community Coalition Coordinator for the East Valley Community Coalition. And I'm joined today with a special guest. Abby, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, um, my name is Abby Shepard. I'm a student assistance professional at Salk Middle School, and I've also been one at Cheney High School. And um, I am coming to this interview as a parent. I'm coming to this interview as a professional and uh, also with some lived experience. Awesome. Thanks, Abby. Um, so as uh, um, our viewers know, we're talking about mental health this particular series. Um, do you have a, a particular why or why this is super important to you that you wanted to be on this particular series? of our podcast? Um, this, this podcast in particular is super important to me because of the stigma around mental health and talking about um, challenges that we all face. Um, and I think in particular, because I'm coming from having lived experience of dealing with mental health issues um, kind of from a young age, uh, and, and all the way, you know, and, and also utilizing therapy services and um, things like that up into adulthood. Um, and really, it, it being a really the cornerstone of kind of guiding me into the profession of social work, which I am now. So, um, so yeah, that's my why. Um, I really appreciate you sharing that too, Abby, as someone who also has lived experience and is now like, finally tackling some of those mental health issues at nearly 26 years old. I totally understand um, how um, difficult it is to be an adult and to realize that, wow, um, there's a lot of stigma around this and um, we need to work on helping support people who don't have opportunities to get services. Um, so I'm going to tap into your, your parent side here and ask you a quick question and then we'll just go from there. Um, what were things that you noticed in your child that concerned you as a parent um, when you started um, exploring 
um, this, you know, exploring um, mental health with your children and what that meant and how you could help them and stuff like that. Well, um, actually, I have had two of my children who have have kind of we've utilized some mental health services for. Um, I would say it's very different for both. Um, the first uh, being my my older daughter, who um, she kind of had some more like self-initiated kind of coming to me and saying, you know, I'm really struggling mom. You know, there's just, I think it, it was really kind of when, um, she started to, to hit kind of that adolescent stage, like 12, 13, it was, it was a little, a little more of a struggle bus time, I think just because of, of the fact that, you know, she was going through lots of changes at school. Um, her peers were becoming a lot more critical. Um, and, and as, as was she of herself. Um, so kind of some of the more of those internal kind of stressors that that kiddos have when they're going through puberty and, um, and just starting to kind of figure out who they are and how they're going to be more independent on their own and, and what others are thinking of them in that process. <laughs> um, so she kind of reached out to me and said, Hey, I think I need to talk with somebody and I was more than happy to get her connected with somebody. Cause I think as much as I love my children and I want to be there as a guide and, and their main supporter yeah. and cheerleader, I think it's also really important that they have somebody else that's um, very objective and not me <laughs> to, yeah. to be able to talk about that stuff with. So. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, so what was your experience then finding services for your children then? Um, you said that you were able to connect um, your child to someone. Um, what was that experience for you like as a parent and then also as a professional? Um, because you do have that um, professional kind of uh, take on um, that as well. Mm -hmm. Well, so I would say um, finding services may have been a little easier because of the professional part, um, because I do have some... <laughs> some ins, you know, to some of the professionals in the community that I already know. Um, so we, not that that didn't mean that there was still some barriers, you know, just sometimes depending on, especially right now with the pandemic looking for services. Um, but luckily it was a few years ago, so we didn't have that as, as, a, as a barrier. Um, but I will say, you know, it was very different. Um, I, with my son, who is a lot younger, um, because he deals with um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So, um, and with him, I would say, you know, I tried to use the same provider for both, but, um, but he really needed a lot more just because of his developmental age and, and who he is and kind of how he's a little more um, high energy. He really needed more of that um, kind of dynamic play therapy. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't really what that particular therapist was, was, you know, that was not necessarily her forte. So I yeah. think, you know, hindsight probably would have been a little bit more um, of a better fit for him had we found somebody that, that did more of that dynamic play, um, play therapy. So. Um, so you definitely had like two different experiences with your children, especially, um, with their ages and, um, you know, uh, you know, the, um, what they were both dealing with individually in their heads. Um, 
do you have any advice for parents who um, are also dealing with this, um, who might be on this journey, who may be new, um, who may, you know, I just don't know what to do. Um, that seems really easy, but to just connect them to services, but maybe my kid doesn't want to, or maybe I can't find that connection because of the pandemic, um, or we just haven't found the right fit. Um, any advice on the, on the parent front and then maybe even on the professional front? Um, I think as a parent, you know, really noticing some of those signs, if possible of like, you know, disrupted sleep with your, with your, your kiddo, um, if they're, they're having, um, behaviors that seem a little off, like maybe they're, um, they used to hang out all the time with their friends and all of a sudden it's kind of different. Um, things change, you know, have changed kind of drastically from, from them being really social to really not very social. And, and it's hard to know right now because we're in the middle of the pandemic. So we have a lot of other factors that are, you know, affecting how kids are acting right now that are really, um, based in a lot of that kind of disaster response trauma. Yeah. So, so I think, um, yeah, in, a, in amongst our trauma lasagna right now, I think, I think sometimes um, it can exacerbate some of those things for kids or even appear to be like, all of a sudden they're more isolative, but maybe it's because of the pandemic versus yeah. the or feeling more um, depressed or, or anxious or whatever. But I know there's a lot of great, um, content on the department of health. Uh, like there's a toolkit for parents talking to kids about, um, COVID and the pandemic that's, um, really helpful. Cause I think, I think too, as a, not only as a parent, but as a professional, just in working with, um, families that, that we can be, well, we're inundated with a ton of resources, first of all, but then we're also, it's hard for us to, um, to feel comfortable sometimes talking about mental health with. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that there's a lot of people who are afraid of, of saying, hey, you know, um, are you feeling suicidal? Because one of the things that we know, that I know as a professional, but sometimes parents aren't aware of is that if you're talking to a kid about suicide and you're asking them honestly and directly, Hey, are you feeling suicidal? You're not going to plant that thought. You're not going to plant that seed. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're feeling that way and you say that to them, they're probably going to be more likely to respond with, wow, I can't believe you're actually asking me that. Thank goodness that somebody is listening or that is yeah. paying attention. Um, and, and it's not going to cause that to happen if that's not really where, there are, where they are. Kids are pretty frank and honest with you. And they're saying, no, I'm not thinking about that. Why would you, why would you think I was thinking about, you know, so you're going to get a, a pretty, pretty straightforward answer, I would think, most of the time with kids um, because they are very frank and, and they, they frankly have a better ability to be honest with some of those things than, than do adults, because we've been in a culture that really has a lot of stigma around it, encourages people not to really be um, honest about talking about things like suicide or talking about things like, like those we love dying. Um, There's a lot of the, that stigma around that, that causes parents to really talk about things in a way that we want to protect kids and we don't want to say things that might 
make them feel scared or bad. And so we might use language that really kind of kind of dulls the message of what we're trying to say. So, you know, rather than saying, um, do you feel like you want to commit suicide or have you been thinking about that? Like, well, have you, have you thought about like, I don't know, doing something yourself like that? Can, that's pretty vague. So, yeah. so it leaves a lot of room for, for interpretation, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. I think I kind of went on a tangent there. So. No, that was, that was super. I appreciate you saying that, Abby. I think um, sometimes I'm not a parent, but um, I pay, play a parent role for my nieces and nephews in my life. Um, and I really hope that I can be that parental role or that adult in their life that they feel that they can have those conversations with. Because mm-hmm. I wish that when I was their age that I had someone to do that to, um, to do that with. Um, and that the questions that they had asked direct questions like that, because I would have been honest and it would have been a great place for me to have that opportunity to be honest. Um, and I think you're so right. I mean, I'm sure you, um, I'm just thinking like, as we're talking about this, like, do you, um, what's this experience like as a student assistance professional then? Um, do you deal with a lot of students with mental health or um, do you want to explain like what your, what your job really is and like how you connect with students in schools? Um, and maybe this could be an opportunity for parents who might be in your district or who might know a student's assistance professional in their school to understand how they can connect with them um, and what they could do for their child, um, especially if they're kind of dealing with, um, you know, substances or mental health issues right now or isolation because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that right now, um, uh, so as an SAP, what I do or a student assistance professional, what I do in the school is I'm another trusted adult support in the school setting. Um, and I'm able to meet with kids similar to how a counselor does in the school um, and kind of set goals and work towards different things that they're working on. But specifically um, under my particular role, I also deal with prevention um, services in the school. So, you know, if, if, if students are dealing with substance use issues or misuse issues, um, or if, if they're living in a home that where parents are using, um, we'll all have groups like that to talk about, um, you know, talk about those kind of issues as well as, um, as we know as professionals that a lot of times nowadays, um, people are coming in for mental health, um, help and also having a co-occurring disorder, like substance use disorder. Mm -hmm. So it's really common now for us to understand that people are dealing with multiple different disorders at a time. Um, not, not because you can't have one without the other necessarily all the time, but um, I think just because of um, the nature of how, you know, if we have a mental health issue, it's really, it's really, we're at really high risk then to develop um, substance use issues or vice yeah. versa, right? So, so then it, it's not that strange and it's not that um, weird to think that, that you would maybe have multiple different things you're dealing with. Also, because, you know, if you have anxiety, that can also perpetuate depression or depression perpetuates anxiety, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, so resource wise though, I didn't really touch on this, the last question, but I think right now it's a really 
difficult time to find resources. And yeah. um, I know having worked, um, I've been doing some work with the Department of Health and their surge, their disaster response surge team of clinicians who are going to go out and start being able to see, um, see clients in areas um, where there's just not enough therapists to go around right now. So, yeah. um, so there's, there's opportunities like that coming out from the, at a state level, um, as well as um, I think, you know, I worked in uh, the adolescent psyche unit Sacred Heart for about 17 years. And I think seeing um, that there's ways um, in talking with your school staff that you can work with them to try to expedite some of those admissions into the hospital setting um, that, that maybe people aren't totally aware of. Yeah. Wow. Lots to unpack, Abby. I love that. Um, but I, do you have any like last, like final, like final things, like as a parent or a professional that you just like your final, final thoughts that you just really want to get across, but you know, we talked a lot about a lot of different things that, you know, in this, uh, in this session. Um, and so if you have any, just like final tidbit of, of information or nugget gold nugget of, uh, of advice or, or whatnot? Um, I think the best, maybe the best thing I could say, (laughs) and I have to remember it myself is that because I'm a caregiver as well, is that, you know, we have to put our own mask on first, just like if we're in an airplane, right? So we have to put our oxygen on first. We have to take care of ourselves first before we can help the people around us. Um, so it's really important to remember that part of things. So, so make, you know, kind of check in with yourself and see how you're doing as a parent, um, or as a professional, but then also, um, you know, keep asking those questions often with your, with your kids, because, um, you know, from week to week, it could be very different. And I think as long as we're really having those open lines of communication with our kids, um, in the schools, out of the schools, everywhere possible, then the, then the net is cast so wide that you're going to, you're going to catch things as they pop up. Um, but if you're afraid, just have those conversations, definitely, you know, ask for some help with that. Um, I know SAMHSA, the SAMHSA site, um, has some great conversation starters at, about talking to youth about drug abuse or, um, you know, substances. Uh, I know they, I'm not sure if they have any, um, great conversation starters for mental health, but I know that those are out there as well. Awesome. Abby, thanks so much for taking the time to, to share your knowledge with us this morning. I know that, uh, talking about mental health can be, uh, super challenging. And as a person who lives with a variety of mental health disorders, I totally understand how and appreciate how difficult it is to have a conversation about this, um, especially considering we've lived in a culture that's kind of really uh, stigmatized mental health for for a long time. And I'm really glad that um, we're starting to have conversations about it. So um, on behalf of the Spokane County uh, Community Coalitions, I want to say thank you for joining us. Um, and then, um, yeah, um, 
if you want, I can um, I can share your information with our viewers, and they can probably reach out to you if they have any questions or something. Um, you're a great resource, um, especially as a parent um, and a professional. You have a unique um, combination. So, um, but yeah, thanks again so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Next week, we have a special treat. Melinda Brown, our student assistance professional supervisor, and Jeff Hayward, a PA at Chaz, sit down in front of a live audience and answer some questions regarding mental health and wellness. The Community Caregivers Connected podcast is made possible with funding through the Washington State Healthcare Authority, drug-free community grant funds from the CDC, and new ESD 101. Questions or topic ideas can be submitted on our website at spokanprevention.com.